All right. Good to go? Yeah. I'm going to be serious now, so be quiet. That's what I'm saying. Both of you. Don't okay. say a word. Don't say a word the entire time until until I, until I tell both of you. All right, pimp out where you can find me on social media. This is going to be talking Age of Adeline to these two gentlemen. Or just here listening. <laughs> They've been a great audience. All right. Adeline credited her unchanging appearance to a combination of a healthy diet, exercise, heredity, and good luck. You can tell me anything you want, and I believe it. I know almost nothing about you. It's better this way. No, it's not. She availed herself of every opportunity to research her condition. After a year of intense study, Adeline Bowman was forced to confront the fact that there was absolutely no scientific explanation for her condition. Tell me something I can hold on to forever and never let go. Welcome to another episode of The Grand Gesture, the romantic movie podcast where I, Michael Denniston, your lovable country bumpkin, and my co-host, Dave Hart, the coastal elite, explain to you that we learned everything we know about love from movies. And to do that, we bring on a guest. The Age of Adeline is a film about perfection. And so, with that in mind, we brought on J.D. Duran from In Session Film <laughs> to be absolutely perfect in his film criticism with this particular choice. J.D., no pressure. Yeah, perfection is probably not going to happen, but I am very glad to be here, though, especially for this film, my history with it, and in particular, knowing Mike's history with this film, uh, I was very amped up for this one. You know, a long time ago, you didn't believe my enthusiasm for this film. You thought <laughs> I, I was trolling. <laughs> yes. And so I had to have you on for this uh, to prove my love for Age of Adeline. Yeah. So uh, before we get into that, because that's going to be messy and people probably will turn off the podcast, you probably want to promote your show and tell them what you've been talking about on In Session Film. Yeah, well, at the time of this recording, the the big thing that everyone is going crazy over right now is Darren Aronofsky's mother. Uh, and we had a really great review of that. You can go and check out on episode 239. Uh, at the time of the release of this episode, we're ramping up for our Blade Runner 2049 show, which I'm very, very excited for. So, uh, but yeah, lots of fun stuff happening at InCessionFilm.com. There you can check out all of our shows. You can find our social media channels uh, basically just search in session film at any corner of the internet or almost all corners of the internet and you'll find us careful there there's some corners you don't want to get <laughs> yeah, into <they're>, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i mean all publicity almost. is good publicity but <laughs> yeah that, that was uh that was not quite perfect jd it could have gotten very dark there with your, your already promotion. yeah Jesus. get it together yeah. jd I know. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited that my brain is just all over the place right now. <laughs> all right. As I mentioned, The Age of Adeline, to me, is a film about perfection. So, uh, of course, they start off by uh, casting Blake Lively as Adeline Bowman. Who? Uh, yeah. Shut up, JD. This is an episode of Hot or Not. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so what the people want to hear. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> 
all right, so Adeline Bowman is not only blessed with the genes of Blake Lively, but due to a freak car accident involving freezing to death and also a helpful and charming lightning bolt, Adeline stays forever 29, no longer aging. So this, of course, presents some problems, a uh, relatively minor, uh, thankfully minor, incident in the film. Involves some government spooks capturing and wanting to study her, which is over with uh, pretty damn quickly. She pretty much just goes out to back the car, and then they give up, I guess. Uh, but I didn't care anymore. <laughs> uh, this is not an X-Men movie. So the, uh, the <laughs> X-Men don't care about continuity either. <laughs> Uh, I would love a world-building uh, universe of Adeline films. I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit my enthusiasm for this film. If this is something that they actually tried to spin off, I'd be fine with it. So uh, basically, the need for deceit and distance uh, is mainly there to protect uh, her and her aging daughter, uh, played here primarily by Ellen Burstein, uh, and most importantly, at least for the purposes of this podcast, the biggest issue which creates a real drag for uh, long-lasting relationships in Adeline's life. That is until eventually Han Solo uh, turns up in this movie uh, and <laughs> will become Grandpa Simpson, as we will see later, when Harrison Ford arrives very confused and presumably with an, a renewed erection when he casts eyes <laughs> on Adeline in his old oh, age. So classy. <laughs> Jesus. Han Solo erection. Is, is it untrue? Okay. Did you see his face? No, nothing you said is, is untrue. <laughs> All right, let's start with something cuter then. Uh, since Dave and J- actually Dave didn't want to go there, but JD seemed like he was he was being very polite and listening to me he's, as I brought up the erection. The All right, solo erection. sure. I'm- Who is it? <laughs> I am. I've been ready for many years. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting three years to talk about this movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's talk about something arguably cuter, uh, at least in Dave's mind. The meet cute. So uh, here, Adeline meets Ellis. Who is a charming, very hairy man. Uh, He's he's not follically challenged. He's got a big beard. Uh, And he also happens to be, is he a billionaire? Minimum millionaire. So he's He's very rich and he is very charitable with his money. Uh, So he's got a lot going for them. When they do meet, they get stuck in an elevator uh, together on New Year's Eve where they have a brief conversation and among the flirty banter, there's talk of poetry, kissing, and places where a man should not put his hand. Oh, well, that'll teach me not to put my hand where it doesn't belong. Something tells me it won't. <laughs> you know, that was a risky move. What was? And not introducing yourself before you leave. I'm a daredevil. I'm Alice. Pleasure to meet you. Like the island? No man is. I'm Jenny. Like the poem? No, uh, say I'm weary, say I'm sad, say that health and mouth have missed me, say I'm growing old, but add. Jenny kissed me. <laughs> Who wrote that? Oh, one of the romantics, I think. No, you're not sure. <laughs> Actually, I am, but I. I don't want to come across like a know-it-all. Too bad. I adore know-it-alls. So, uh, where are you off to? Uh, Some place with better food. My apartment. Yourself? Back to the party. I just wanted to spend 27 floors with you. Oh, 
That was a risky move. So, Dave, you know, the film has some things on its mind as well. You know, I'm not the only one here. Clearly. It's not just you. Obviously, the holiday, which is a time for both reflection and looking forward, provides a great backdrop for pursuing new love. But for the most part, Adeline swats away Elsa's attempts to contact her further. Uh, It's very brief, as Adeline has already decided to move on. But this being a movie, that will not happen. Do you think this uh, meet-cute does its job effectively? As I said, it's very brief. Uh, There is just a minimum amount of banter. Uh, But it does lead into, even though he is very rich... It leads into some creepy gestures if you're outside the movie. Mm-hmm. Dave's nodding his head, and I know he's going to be negative, so I'm going to start with him. J.D. will come in. He'll reinforce the positivity of the film. So, J.D., just wait a moment. Listen to Dave. Okay. Be a negative Nancy. Right. Tell us about Ellis, good, Dave. Good what, what's, your, what's your read um, of him here? So, I think I think the initial meet-cute, I think, really works. I, th- I think... You know, it's it's a really cute moment. I think you could tell that she's into him and he's into her. Like it's all, and it's all played very subtly, and it really works. The part that doesn't work, I actually watched this uh, recently again. Uh, this is the second time I watched it, but I watched it with my wife. Uh, and there's a scene where he kind of tracks her down, and that was like a sharp left turn for Brit at home. She was like, "Nope." This guy is worthless. This guy is a creep. He is stalking her. I don't like it. And I'm trying to convince her, no, no, it's fine. It's it's, it's okay. I mean, I know he tracked her down, but, you know, if you want to find the person you love and you care about, I mean, this is really his only option. So I felt like it kind of worked, but it does delve into territory that is iffy at best. And I think the movie continues that way. Like, things move very quickly. For this couple. And I do feel like the movie could have could have given us like a montage of them going out on many dates instead of just going from stalker tracking her down to like, let's meet my parents. Uh, but I think the original meeting really does work. All right. So Dave played the middle there. JD come in strong right. with a definitive answer. <laughs> Stick up for Ellis or condemn him okay, to death. Okay, Creeper. Please tell me why this is all okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I can somewhat sympathize with what Dave is talking about. Obviously, I only have one perspective in terms of my own experience, but uh, I think in, a, as a film, I found the meetup to be quite believable. I think that initial meetup is is charming. Like Dave is saying, it's, it's subtly played i like how adeline is she she's certainly playing into the flirtation that's happening in the moment but she's also very hesitant she 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 may flirt here and there but she also has no desire to pursue this guy in that initial meetup and i think blake lively plays that up very very well and in terms of the pacing i didn't really have a problem with it i do think that the film does a good job of balancing the relationship in terms of somewhat taking its time with it, but also not, um, I, I, I guess it has to move the story forward. And so I think it, it, it has a, a good balance of, of not rushing it too much, but also moving the story forward in a good way. So I, I certainly didn't have a problem with the pacing in that regard. Sure. Maybe it's a little bit convenient when it comes to that quote unquote creep factor. But I also think there is um, a relatability factor there as well as in terms of if you're very interested in someone, of course you want to pursue them. So that means maybe you'll find out information about them and, um, and maybe that lends itself to being a little bit creepy, but I found it more on the, in the boat of pursuit than being stalkerish, if that makes any sense. Stalking so, uh, is I, okay, I, I like J.D. Durant. 
Now, well, I, I'm not saying be creepy. <laughs> I'm just saying if you want to pursue someone you like, sometimes you have to find out sometimes information. You get creepy. <laughs> let me let me uh, jump in here and think. Here's where I, where I think the film plays dirty pool just a little bit. Uh, th- there is that sort of unfortunate sort of Fifty Shades of Grey vibe, not in the S&M practice, but they, they really rushed to establish this guy would be most people's idea of a catch. He's very rich, right. and he decides to spend his time uh, pursuing causes that matter to the world and himself. So, okay, so we've established, okay, good guy. He's perfect. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, he quotes poetry. He's into bad jazz, but he's willing to learn uh, in a sequence with her. Yeah, he's willing to be trained. Um, and I, I think the main reason you can absolve the film of the creep factor, because it, it is something that I thought more of on rewatch because I knew the structure of this podcast. So I knew I'm a little bit more you know, alert to those those things. I think because you're rooting for Adeline to establish some sort of ground, some, some, you don't really want to see her run again. That's, that's one thing right. that clearly the film's not interested in. And I don't think they lead the audience to be interested in the idea of her uh, going out to another place and starting a new life. Like we want, we're kind of yeah. rooting for this guy cause we're rooting for her to find some sort of long lasting happiness. And I think that's also important because they introduce Ellen Burstein as her daughter no offense to her, but where the age gap is so wide now, you're thinking, oh, wow, mm-hmm. this is the only person that knows her true self. And they're already kind of planning for mm-hmm. her. It's mentioned that she may go to her retirement home. She's already sort right. of hinting around like, you know, to her mom, what are you going to do when I when I pass? You know, who who are you going to be yeah. left with? So I, I do absolve else a little bit. And also because they do make him pretty much perfect in every other way. The, the reason I'm able to get past it as well is we do come to see, at least I would argue that Ellis is a genuine guy. He really does care for Adeline and oh, yeah. he was just genuinely innocently trying to preserve her. And maybe it is a bit creepy at first, but he does care about her. And, uh, and we do come to see that in some really authentic ways. So I, I'm, I'm able to get past it in, in that regard. Is that good enough for you, Dave? Yeah, it's fine. It's not perfect, but it's fine. Would you think, like to, right. Ellen Burstein think... to do like a get busy living, get busy dying type speech to, to Adeline? <laughs> you know what? Now this movie sucks. Yeah, I want that. That's, that's what I, mean. <laughs> I would pay money over, all over again to see that. Yes. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to the, uh, the breakup here, which um, is a bit unusual for these type of films, mainly because of uh, Adeline's refusal to age like the rest of us ugly people. So after deciding to take a chance with uh, Ellis, the film uh, pretty much is pretty harsh with the character, uh, reminds her of her plight. We jump to a flashback to the 60s when she flees uh, from her lover at the time once she realizes that he's about to propose. And then her dog dies. I mean, it's a one-two punch yeah. here of, hey, we're going to remind you that Everyone you know and love is going to go away. Uh, so I think that's obviously heavily on her mind. Uh, it causes her to again try to disappear. Only as we've talked about, Ellis will then track her down because he has his ways. <laughs> so, yeah, his mutant he's powers. A billionaire. It's, it's, well, yeah, he's cre- creepy Bruce Wayne. You know, he just has those resources. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
it it isn't necessarily a grand gesture what he's doing here. At this point, we do know enough about Ellis for uh, us to care uh, if Adeline ends the relationship with him. I think we're rooting for her to go on this this road trip to meet the family. And I agree with you, Dave. It's very fast. You know that we don't see we don't have a montage here. But it seems yeah. like life is coming at her so fast with a lot of things and with the conversation with her mother. Uh, this is rushed along. And, uh, of course, you know, there's a there's a pretty big reason for that flashback to the previous lover. Because guess what? Mm. Harrison Ford's name is on the <laughs> poster. <convenient. laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Jenny. Hello. It's so nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you must be exhausted after your trip. Oh, well, no, it was nothing. <laughs> we made it in like 18 minutes. Now, I'm not amused. He knows I hate it when he speeds. It wasn't me. It was Jenny, I swear. <laughs> she thinks she has nine lives. Let me take your coat. Oh, okay. Where yes, you been? What, you forget where we live? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this is my dad, William. Dad, this is... Adeline. Jenny, actually. Dad, you okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just... You look exactly like this old friend of mine, um, Adeline Bowman. That's my mother. You're joking. You really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did you know her? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were very close. I, 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 I knew her in London. Yeah, yes. Yeah, she she lived there in in the sixties, right before she um, moved to Paris and, and met my father. Incredible! <laughs> what are the odds? Wow, wow! The resemblance is is absolutely amazing. You must hear that all the time. For as long as I can remember. Wow. We were very close. <laughs> you said that already, honey. I can't believe you never mentioned her. Oh, yeah. I must, I must have. No, no. No, I remember your close, close how, how friends. Is How's she doing? So the, the breakup here uh, will ultimately be her first attempt, uh, second attempt to end it with Ellis. Um, but it's never about the actual person being broken up. But right. I think that's a little bit different from these type of films is it's not a judgment against Ellis. So I think it does absolve the audience of judging him saying like, Oh, he's not good enough because it has nothing to do with him. Why she's trying to, yeah. to end things. Yeah. Now there is a pretty big reason for the sort of final attempt to break up. And that's because old dad is the, uh, the previous lover. <laughs> it's going to be kind of an awkward, not more awkward, Good God. awkward Christmas dinners, possibly in the future. I could see anyone uh, doing this. So uh, we'll, we'll start with JD this time. Uh, it's obviously a fantastical situation. Uh, the fact that this woman who doesn't age has now through pretty much because the, there's a, there's a narration here that is very heavily leaning towards fate that all this was meant to happen. Um, I'm guessing you probably understand why she's a bit uncomfortable continuing things, considering that she's being reminded yet again that anyone that she does love will somehow yeah. age into Harrison Ford, which isn't actually a bad thing. You know what? Now I don't really yeah. understand why she runs. It'd be worse. That's a that's a good bet. <laughs> you know, yeah. you get a lot of good years out of that. You know, that yeah. hunk of man right there. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I will agree that this is where the film sort of loses me a little bit in terms of its pacing. It does feel a bit contrived. But at the same time, what I like about 
the sequence. And, and the reason it works for me is I do think that Blake Lively and her performance, she's she's way better than this film probably deserves. Yeah, the, the breakup here with, with Adeline, pretty much a, a breakup with you know, not only the whole family, but this idea. It's it's reinforcing that this is this is a really dangerous and bad idea. And as JD said, it is obviously very contrived. I mean it's just it's just bad luck on her part that she's going yeah. to start dating the son of her like one of her great loves, or at least the great love. She's we're got aware a of. type. She's yeah. got a type. Family. She That's. <laughs> <laughs> she's been waiting around a long time. If she's looking for yeah, another Harrison Ford. <laughs> very specific. <laughs> but do you, do you go along with it? Does it work for you? I mean, I, I think that breakup is really is really interesting uh, because I think JD kind of talked about how good Blake Lively is here, and she is. I think that that was one of the the big surprises for me in this movie. I only watched this movie because Mike wouldn't shut up about it, um, so I thought like, okay, I'll I check win. This out. It ended up being really good. You do, you win. Finally, you you got one win. That's definitely a good thing. That's this is the um, only one I wanted actually, right here. <laughs> you watching right. Age of Adeline. <laughs> that's you got low goals i like it uh but i think the interactions between her and harrison ford also really work like the yeah, the moment where absolutely. harrison ford first sees her and he kind of is slowly slowly figuring this out and the scene where he figures out because of the scar on her hand i think that stuff really works the only the only question i had and i'm still not sure how i feel about this decision after watching it twice is that his reaction is to want her to stay to be with his son I, I was I was normal, I, and then one day I I just stopped. I wanted to tell you so badly, but I couldn't. You know what they do to me? I I would have been a bit curiosity. That's why you left. That's why you disappeared. Oh. I can't imagine how much it hurt. I think I. I think I can. You've never told anyone. I had it would have been Alice don't don't run away don't disappear again please for Alice Adeline all these years you've lived but you've never had a life please for yourself for Alice I don't know how. Does that ring true for you guys? Or did that come off a little weird too? Like, no, love of my life, please stay and marry my son. Like that, yeah. that always felt a little odd to me. No, I I do think it is a bit odd, but I think there's something about, and and I've certainly experienced this myself where I've had long-term relationships that don't work out and, you know, when you see them again in random places, you can't help but want to be around them. At least I I've certainly can, can relate to that idea. And and so I think for Harrison Ford, it's 
it's this nostalgic factor of I've I've been really close to this person and I'm surprised to that this person even it, it, it has come back into my life. And regardless of circumstance, I think he just wants to be around her and maybe spend some more time with her. The fact that she is dating his son, I don't think was that top of mind until I guess maybe he throws the keys to his son at the very end. But doesn't um, that make it creepier? Yeah. So I could be around you like, it, it is like, a little weird for sure. <laughs> well, I, I buy into it based on how, how his character talks, you know, he, he's named a comment yeah. after her. He does seem to, yeah. you know, he has this belief in true love in the sense that, uh, you know, it will be fated to come back. And that the only awkward part I have with it is not even really with his son. I, I know as strange as that sounds, it's more the interactions with his his wife, you know, the, his life partner. up <laughs> just, Because, yeah, it's it's one thing to reminisce um, about something that can't be attainable. It's another thing is if, if in some weird Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode, sorry, not Twilight. We don't need Robert Pattinson fans. <laughs> Although if you want to listen, that's fine. <laughs> Hashtag Robert I'll do right it. There. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'm a, yeah, I'm a total sucker for those hashtags. I love Twitter so so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we know <laughs> on there all the time. Yeah, I, the only awkwardness I have is the fact that she now has to see like basically like high school yearbook photos, except it's Blake Lively jumping off the page and being a real like flesh and blood person. From uh, to me, the grand gesture of the film has honestly nothing to do with Blake Lively or Adeline. Um, I, I think the, the gesture here is a father and son thing. Cause as JD mentioned, he pretty much just quickly says, you know, do you love her? And then it's like, you know yeah. what, this is your life to live now. Like I, you know, go after her then basically he's saying, do not worry about my feelings, which I do believe if you're, you know, in the, the Adeline cinematic universe, if this continued on, that's still going to remain awkward and uncomfortable. And there probably yeah, is no. going to be some unresolved issues there. But when I think Harrison Ford's a man because he believes in true love, you know, that's all that matters to him yeah. is when his son can answer in the affirmative there, he's going to put all of his feelings aside. It's like, it's, yeah. it's basically like I have done everything for my children. He And he makes a joke yeah. saying like all this college money I spent and you can't beat me at Trivial Pursuit. But I do think he's, <laughs> yeah. a, he's a man who believes in that generational yeah. torch in a way. And so for him, it's just like, okay, my life, not in a depressing way, my life's over, but now my son gets to mm -hmm. this great thing. He's met someone well, that he truly cherishes. And, and I think that speech that he gives at the, the actual anniversary party is important yeah. in stamping home that idea that he can move on beyond that. And, and that Adeline is now in the hands of his son and that he's perfectly okay with that. Cause his whole speech is dedicated to his wife and where their relationship is now and, and their kids and their family. And I think it's, it very much works in in emulating those ideas, and I think Harrison Ford is very good in the movie. And I was kind of surprised by that too, because Harrison Ford isn't giving stellar performances a ton these days. And I I was really surprised by how great he is here. I think while it is awkward in places, especially when you just think about the ideas on paper, uh, I think he his performance transcends that awkwardness. And I was able to believe a lot of what his character is going through. Uh, but, but especially in that monologue, he kind of gives at that, at that dinner party very much worked for me. Well, there, I think that's a good point because there, there can be something reaffirming uh, about looking at the path not taken as awkward and uncomfortable as it is in this high mm -hmm. fantasy sort of setting where a woman cannot age and be 107. 
uh, and make things incredibly uncomfortable for Harrison Ford and his wife. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a renewal there. This is not this is not 45 years. I don't think this is not that dour. <laughs> yeah, sure, for instance, sure, you know, sure. Uh, there's a reassurance yeah. here that life continues on and moves forward. And, yeah. you know, the, the happy ending is not only for Harrison Ford, but for Adeline herself, you know, with the gray hair. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, life finally yeah. will move forward for her. Um, yeah. And, you know, what? one thing, that, and Dave, maybe you can speak this on the, the films we've talked about to now. Uh, we have Ellis here as an incredibly underwritten male who is just the arm candy for the most part. He is, he is perfection Mm -hmm. incarnate. He is the thing to be attained. And that's something you can charge against the film that he's so underwritten. But on the other hand, I don't really think the film's about him. It's about Adeline and it's about his father. It's Mm -hmm. about that relationship more than anything else. So I'm going to defend this. I think he needs to be underwritten i don't think this movie works as well if he is a completely fleshed out character we need him yeah. to be the arm candy i mean he even gets the the stepping out of the shower scene like we get the lingering on ellis's abs as she has already left god love and him. i think yeah 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 and i think it's i think if if he's too well written then we're not focused enough on what on what adeline has experienced and what she's moving on from. Like, she mm-hmm. needs to move on to a basically clean slate. Like, she needs to actually start her life. And when it stopped, when she was 29, after she had her child and had this accident mm-hmm. and all this went on, and now she gets another chance at life. So if that character is really, you know, written to within an inch of its life, then it's like we've got so many complications going on. So I yeah. think actually think it's a positive that that character is pretty surface level. So you're saying you're not going to write spinoff with Ellis in the Adeline cinematic universe. <laughs> he doesn't get his own feature film at all. No, he only gets, he gets adult films. He doesn't get his own feature film. Like he is just arm candy. That's it. <laughs> Jeez, Dave. That's such a sweet PG-13 wow. movie. And you're, he only gets <laughs> he pornographic films. Right. That's it. Hey, you have to step it out of the shower. That's what you get. <laughs> I choose to believe that Ellis is much sweeter than that. There'd be, there'd be a lot of dialogue. It'd be a Jack Horner yeah. adult film. Yeah. There'd, there'd be a story yeah, there with Ellis. Exactly. Lots of pillow talk going on with Ellis. Sure. Sure. Uh, JD, any, any final thoughts uh, on this film? I I think somehow we got Dave to say some positive things here. So I don't know if I want to say much more. Yet another win for old Mike. Just get out while you're ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what Dave is saying there about Ellis and, and overall there's just a genuine poignancy to the film that I really responded to in the score and in the staging of a lot of these scenes. There we go. I, yeah. knew, I was, was waiting, waiting for it. For it. <laughs> Final thoughts had to have score in it. <laughs> well, of course it, it did. So, but it, it really is a big. It's a big part of this movie for me because it's it's pretty constant, especially once you get to the back half of the film. And I don't know anything about Krieger as a director. This is the only thing of his that I've seen. Uh, but I, I do think the the utilization of the score certainly it it. it, it amplifies the emotion of this film that I very much responded to um, and, and the performances inside of all of that as well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this film for sure. Just on that note, JD, I just clicked on the link and he did uh, Celeste and Jesse forever, which I actually have seen and liked uh, with mm, Rashida okay. Jones. Uh, and he did a film with Adam Scott called the vicious kind, which I've not seen. So uh, nah, I'll have to check either. that out. So I think to wrap up, the age of Adeline. What I want to talk about is, uh, you know, I started off with uh, making a 
probably a crass joke about perfection uh, as it mm-hmm. pertains to Blake Lively, which I don't know. That's that's not just crass. That's accurate, I like to think. According uh, to your wife, yes. <laughs> she fully agrees with me on that point. Yeah, I, I, can, I can get away with that one. But as it pertains to our particular grand gesture with Harrison Ford, you because know, we, we sort of debate how comfortable he could realistically be with this idea of his son, like sort of finding the one and he sees it as some measure of fate that she's come back into his life. And somehow he, that makes him comfortable with allowing her to, to remain Bang my son. Yes, uh, as you know, as we said, I don't know what the possible sequels would look like. Probably a little more <laughs> awkward, a little more meet the parents kind of humor where he turns into Nero's overbearing character. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I really like the idea of perfection with this, not just as a joke, uh, towards Blake Lively, uh, or Harrison Ford, but, uh, this idea that she is sort of the idea of perfection physically, like her perfect self always. Right. But because of that, she finds reasons and excuses, legitimate reasons and excuses to never commit or settle. And we actually see this a lot in rom-coms and for the most part, it becomes a really annoying trait of our male or female protagonist but right. here it's it's legitimate so do you think it sells that concept that idea of not waiting for perfection not waiting for the exact right moment to commit and just when you feel it just to to jump in and deal with the, the issues which everyone's gonna have issues later yeah i think actually i think you bring up a great point and i think that's kind of the message of the movie is that there is no perfect time for someone to come into your life and you see this kind of perfection discussion going on with Blake Lively and many characters, even her own aging daughter, you know, her daughter kind of urging her to take that leap and, you know, meet someone and go out and have a good time. Like she deserves it. But I think it makes me wonder, does the movie undercut itself a little bit where it is giving that message of like, now is the time just go for it. But then the character is, you know, after almost dying is rewarded by now, now aging instead so she doesn't have to deal with any of the any of the issues that she might have might have by taking this risk so i really like the ending of the movie but i i find like maybe it would be a more interesting ending if we didn't have this miraculous moment where you know everything that's been built up the whole movie is taken away yeah i i actually agree with you there it's definitely this is probably a uh twilight zone ending in reverse where it's a a happy yeah. ending twist or it's like, Oh, this right. kind of removes all the issues we have. Uh, now we're just a quote unquote normal couple, but you know, in fairness to Adeline, she, she already made that decision. You know, we're seeing this point where like she's, they're dating. Sure. She's, she's revealed the, the truth to this man. Uh, he's involved with her daughter and, you know, they're going to a party. And so this is, you know, jumping forward. Uh, it feels like one of those sort of tacked on innings. That's more for the audience that is for the, right. the character because they've she's already moved past that but i don't know i would like to see the maybe the this is 40 version where she you know he's paul rudd in the bathroom and she's like jesus christ i wish i was still immortal what the fuck did i sign up <laughs> yeah. for what did i do <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think i get why the ending is there i think you know when this all boils down like this is this is not one of the movies we've chosen on the show where it's like we're like stretching the definition of romance. Like this is a romance for no, sure. That's every and other need... episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the only legitimate and I, one. And I think the audience does need to feel that. They do need some sense of closure. Like, yes, would the ending be more interesting if it was something different? But unless there's, you know, 
the second age of Adeline, then I think it, it leaves us in a very weird place where we kind of want to know, okay, how is this fixed? How is this solved? How is their life together? Does he just grow old and die and she stays young? And how does that work out? Like, I don't think it would be able to answer those questions. So I get why they kind of took the easy way out here. I, I stopped listening when you said the second age of Adeline. I was just like, oh my goodness. Good title. A cinematic universe of Adeline, Blake Lively, and uh, Mr. Perfect here. So yeah. I don't know. We have no answers other than the, other than Dave saying uh, this is the only legitimate episode we've done on this podcast. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the other ones is what we're saying. Yeah. It all led to this. Goodbye yes. now. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> we're sorry. Uh, JD, thank you so much. Uh, for coming yeah. on to talk about Ellis and his abs with us. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, this coming on this show and talking about this movie in particular was a nice treat because my wife is, of course, a big fan of this movie as well. And I told her that I needed to rewatch it for homework. And it was the first time in a really long time that she got excited that I was coming on a podcast and she was helping me do homework and write notes and stuff. And, uh, that's never happened before. So thank you for allowing me to have another date night with my wife. And, uh, it, it was, it was a great time. So that's uh, what we're here now, for. We're, we play matchmaker yeah. with married couples. <laughs> we set together. up date nights. Yeah, <laughs> it, indeed. So that was you guys allowing me to come here and talk about this was a great gesture that uh helped me with my wife so i thank you guys i don't, I don't know if we can top that um nope, i know you can't on out. in session film you can promote your show again but do you actually bring people closer together come on jd you've got some well, work to do i i hope so but i don't know if that is true or not but uh uh yeah we're uh the in session film podcast again you can find us at incessionfilm.com all of our shows are there we're also on itunes and stitcher radio and soundcloud pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts on social media uh, just search in session film and you'll find us on those networks as well. Talking to these lovely gentlemen, Mike and Dave as well. What's up next week? Wonder woman. Is that what we're talking about, Dave? Yes. Wonder woman is next week. Cause we have to so. undercut our, our great ending to this show by, uh, you know, yeah. keeping our schedule, but, a weekly well, podcast. Also, also by making Mike watch comic book movies. That's really what this one is about. That is the ultimate grand gesture. So follow us yeah, at grand gesture pod. <laughs> I always like to promote uh, our social media with bitterness and cynicism. That's what they'll find, anyway. I mean, yeah, it fits what the social media will look like, so it might be a little confusing uh, for people to look at our social media with you pretending to be me and then me pretending to be me. There's a lot going on there. I do need to up my game. Uh, I don't know. I'll take on different personalities, so you will now see me tweeting as our guest, J.D. Duran, and we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Good luck with that, buddy. A lot of Michigan football talk coming up. <laughs> and soccer. I don't know if you'll be able to play that role. Yeah, to that's too soccer, much Too much fucking soccer, research. Hockey, college football. Like, I don't know, man. Let's stick to Michigan football and crying at movies. I can do that. Yes, I think that'll work. I mean, I can't do that, but I can emulate it. I think. I can pretend through Twitter. Yeah. I believe in you. I'll just watch you. You can count on me. That always makes me cry. How about that? Uh, every time. Yes, sir. Okay. I think that's good. I understood every word that said. Now that I actually heard it, you've got to read.